what is like the bare minimum? What is the foundation that you really believe people should be laying? You have really got to make the time to sit down and get this done. It's just part of being a responsible business owner. What gets measured gets done. There always is a light at the end of the tunnel and it's not always the oncoming train. This is Maestro on the Mic. A podcast designed to help you change your mindset and your life. It is time for something new. Join host Dr. Shante Cofield, also known as the Movement Maestro, on a journey to see the bigger picture. Open your eyes. Find your passion and discover how movement unites us all. Let's get it popping. This is Maestro on the Mic. I'm the Maestro, and you're about to get Maestroified. Three, two, one. Hey guys, Maestro here and welcome back to the very first, so I guess not welcome back, so welcome to the very first long episode of 2020. What? So I figured since the beginning of the year, people got goals, let's start things off right. My guest today is actually a long time CPA, don't get scared now. We're going to be talking about money today, and I, f- I figured, what a, what better way to start off your year right than financially? All right, so she's actually my accountant. Um, I met her, I guess, last year at the Women's Movement Collaborative, and she just gets it. She's uh, had a bit of an interesting journey, right? In her 30s, she was doing stuff, uh, riding horses, barrel racing, yeah, barrel racing. In her 40s, she was dirt biking in her a little bit before 50, actually, she got into street motorcycles. So she's done a little bit of everything uh, and actually took up aerial performance on the Lyra. So her goal has basically been to to bridge the gap and, and meld her worlds uh, of movement and her skill set as an accountant. So when I met her, I was like, oh, my God, where have you been all my life? So hopefully you guys don't have to wait quite as long to meet her, know her, and hopefully utilize her services. So without further ado, welcome to the show, my good friend and accountant, Sandy York. Welcome, Sandy. Hi, Shante. Thank you so much. And I have to tell you, it is absolutely crazy to be on your podcast. I started listening to your podcast from the very first episode. I don't think I've missed an episode um, you and I have talked about listening around the edges and I do that a lot. So I have like a million yes. podcasts that I listen to and it's, I never would have guessed in a million years that I would someday be sitting down to actually be on your podcast. So I'm super excited, super grateful to be here, but my hands are also shaking. So <laughs> <laughs> it's going to, you're going to ease right in, be totally fine. And the pleasure is all mine. You guys listening, actually, I have spoken about Sandy in the past. Um, if you've been on my, any of my webinars, you've, I've spoken about her, but I stole that phrase from her and I give her credit every time, but I, I've adopted that phrase of listening around the edges because it's just so good. She met either, either you messaged it, wrote it, maybe you've put it in an email. I don't even remember, yeah. but you said it. And ever since then I was like, oh my God, this is like the best, the best thing ever. So thank you for that. Sure. Thank you. You can learn so much good stuff that way. Just being a naturally curious person and just listening in every chance you get and and picking up the little pieces, little nuggets that apply to you that might not necessarily have anything on the surface to do with what you do. 
Dude, that is such a valuable lesson and I couldn't agree more. I actually get kind of frustrated when people, I'll put stuff out, content out, and people, one of the first questions they ask is, is this for physical therapists, only for physical therapists? And I don't know, in my mind, like my knee-jerk reaction, and it's kind of an asshole thing, but my knee-jerk reaction is to be like, stop looking for excuses to not do this, right? We're like, oh, it's not for me. Whereas I love your approach to this, like, listen around the edges to everything. And no matter what thing it is that you're going to, you'll be able to take something away from it if you're willing to open up your mind a little bit and listen around the edges. So that was so such a valuable lesson. So, so good. So Sandy, let's hop on in. Why don't you tell the people, because you have like two backgrounds, so (laughs) you can mix and match them as you want. But can you tell the people about your, your background, your movement background, your CPA background? What got you to where you are today? Well, first off, I'm old, so this is going to be a long story. <laughs> so, actually, this is something I want to say. I was listening to Joe Rogan's podcast recently, and he had on uh, pa- Pavel Tatsalin, the like mm-hmm. father yeah. of bringing kettlebell to the United States. And Joe asked him point blank twice how old he was, and Pavel refused to answer. And his Why? reasoning was because he didn't want to bias the audience against him because of his age. So, of course, I Googled him. And if Google <laughs> yeah, right. can be trusted, he's 50. So as we sit down and record this, I am three days away from my 52nd birthday. Ah, there's my girl. There you are. <laughs> I love it. So I kind of want to remove the stigma around that. And I, yes. think that, I do think it's becoming less and less. I have met a lot of people through you. So many of the movement people I follow are actually my age or older, I look up to people like Jenny McCall, who is absolutely freaking amazing. Um, Jesse Graff's mom. So if you guys don't follow her, her. she's in her mid sixties and she's doing the American Ninja Warrior Corps. Damn. Yeah. It's crazy. That's awesome. That's awesome. Anyway, so that I just wanted to save the listeners doing the math because I'm going to go back (laughs) to like the nineties on you. (laughs) So let's lay it out there. I'm 52. Um, I grew up, I was always a skinny kid. I was never into organized sports. I would try a sport, I would suck at it, and I would quit because no one ever told me that if I practiced, I could actually get better. My mm. parents were both both worked outside of the home. They were doing everything they could just to keep us in school and keep us fed and clothed. So it worked to their advantage if we got more into academic studies than into sports. <laughs> so yeah. I was, I mean, I was always the active kid. I was always out riding my bicycle, roller skating, walking, doing all of the things that you do up until the time you get your driver's license and then your life takes on a whole new meaning. So um, it wasn't until I hated PE class in high school. I did everything I could to get out of it. It wasn't until freshman year of college that I actually started to fall in love with exercise. And it's because I started working at Bush Gardens in Williamsburg hmm. and they put me on this treadmill platform. I had to walk all day to load people into these boats and I saw what it was doing for my legs and I got pretty excited. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So I started weightlifting like 30 years ago. And I did it every morning before work because I figured out that it gave me that endorphin rush that I needed in order to get up, get my head cleared and head off to my day as an accountant. I've always been an accountant. I went to school for accounting, typical four-year degree. I had very tunnel vision, which if I had any regrets in life, that may be it because I decided before I was going to go to college 
what I was going to major in. And mm. I did not deviate while I was there, even though it was a liberal arts school. And they made us take all of these things that I had zero interest in. Um, my, my second career, you know, if I could go back and do it over, I'd be a pharmacist because then I could combine oh. you know, this health and fitness stuff. So, huh. yeah. So I've made my oh. health my hobby for the last 30 years at the same time that I've been progressing in my accounting career. And, you know, I was there when all we had was Muscle and Fitness Magazine and Shirt <laughs> Magazine. <laughs> yes. I was in and out of gym memberships. I either had equipment at home or I went to the gym. Um, I've moved around a lot. So I've kind of gotten rid of my equipment, gone to the gym, settled down for a little while, re reacquired gym equipment. So anyway. Sandy, why accounting? So you said like from the jump, you're like, this is what I'm going to do. And then you went and did it. But why? because <laughs> um, my mother was a workaholic. She worked outside of the home. She, she actually got a job at a Georgia Pacific mill at the time. It was a John's Manville plant, but um, a Georgia Pacific um, like lumber mill that was in, okay. my little, in my little town. She went to work for them at the age of 16 as part-time summer help to help in their payroll department. She retired 43 years later. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, oh. you know, it, we're talking the old school where you go, you get a job, you don't leave a company because it's, you know, it's Damn. a job and whatever. So I would see her constantly working. She would come home, she would cook dinner, and then she'd clear the kitchen table and she would bring out what else. She was also the town treasurer um, and the church treasurer. So I kind of got, you know, saw her working and you would think, you would logically think I would see that and think, okay, I'm yeah. doing that because the opposite. Exactly. work, but it, it was just her work ethic. And she still brings up to me that I said I was never going to bring work home with me. And now I do it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> she likes to rub that one in, but I enjoyed accounting in high school and I liked the order of it. It made sense mm -hmm. to me and I have this obnoxious love of office supplies, which is ah, okay. very weird. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so I found out that the school I had always wanted to go to, William & Mary, had a very good accounting program. And I'm like, well, I want to go to college because I want to get a job. I want to get a job that's going to pay well. I don't want... I, I couldn't understand, and this is not to knock people that do it, but I couldn't understand like going to get an English degree. I didn't know what people... Mm -hmm do yeah. with an English degree. Turns me, out me either. do some amazing, fantastic, interesting things. I just couldn't figure it out. Totally. So totally. I went in for a trade and I came out with that trade. I love it. And where did that take you? Like you went into like a traditional setting. Mm -hmm. what, what happened then? I did my first five years in public accounting, which is typically what everyone does, you know, everyone in air quotes, because there are some people who go straight into ind industry. So the difference between public accounting and industry, public accounting is where you see Smith and Company CPAs and they're working around the clock in tax mm. seasons. And that's where people walk in off the street to get their taxes done or companies get their financial statements and bookkeeping done, maybe some audits that kind of thing versus being an industry where you go to work for XYZ company and you're their controller and you're doing just their finances, you know, full time. And so, you enjoyed that? I did, at least for the first five years, which is about when people start to burn out 
and get tired of the deadlines and start looking for other things to do, which is what I did. Makes sense. And then what? So I went into, I worked for a couple of private companies. I kind of bounced around every couple years or so because I got bored. I went from having too much stress to not having enough stress and not knowing how to deal with that. So eventually my solution to that was to strike out on my own and start my own solo practice. And I grew that to the point where I was making, gosh, probably one and a half times my normal annual salary I had been making. So it was very successful, but this was back in the days before the internet was available with online banking and online QuickBooks Ah. and similar programs like that. So it was a lot of driving around to clients' locations, working at each for a couple of hours, driving on to the next one. And it also just became kind of a big pain in the butt. So I'm going to I'm, I'm going to just put a little bookmark here because you said something about QuickBooks. So I want to make sure that we come back to that and you tell us okay. how to not hate QuickBooks, because that was like one of the first conversations you and I had about that shitty yeah. thing. So, <laughs> so so we can go back to this, which was you're making good money. You're doing your own thing, but you're also driving around like crazy. So maybe you're getting a little yeah. time poor. So what happened? Yeah. So um it, it's, it just so happened around that time that I was trying to figure out how to balance all of this driving around and seeing all these clients. Um, my husband at the time got transferred to another city and it was too far to commute and kind of keep up my thing. So I, I went with him and I landed in another public accounting firm, a very, very small public accounting firm. And got back into that again and actually kind of re-fell in love with it. It was it was kind of crazy. But it was different clientele, different situation. I didn't have to do audits anymore, so I wasn't on the road. I guess that's my thing. I don't like being on yeah, the road. There's a theme there. It's also, yeah, you know, listening to this, and this is reminiscent of I brought um, Jamie Lieberman, my lawyer, on. And you guys listening, when you're going to hire someone, like this is what you want, where it's mind-blowing to me, but they love it, right? Like Sandy loves doing this stuff. And every time we like, I don't even know what the words are called when we go through the books and whatever. And I'm like, this is the worst thing ever. And Sandy's like, this is so fun. I'm like, what? So you guys, when you are looking to hire someone, no matter what the task is, right? You want people that enjoy that thing, right? They will go the extra mile. They're going to do, they're going to do the thing. So you, you loved, you went back into public accounting. You, you, you know, Fell in love with it again, found some happiness there. Are you still doing that? I am. Um, my my fit money coach that we'll get to is, is just a little side, almost a hobby gig right now. Uh-huh. And, and we can talk more about yeah. why that's the case. But um, yeah, for right now, I am, I am still full-time employed at an accounting firm. And I think what happened to make me fall in love with it again, it's, you know, and, and yeah, I... I do love accounting, but it's hard to get passionate about accounting. Mm-hmm. It's not the numbers that you're excited about. And it's not figuring out someone. Well, it, 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 it's figuring out people's problems. <laughs> but it's, it's the people and yes. the stories and their businesses and how, how they have found to make a difference in the world and make a living at it. That's the exciting part. 
and being able to be a part of that and help people become even more successful. Yeah, That's the fun that makes part. Makes sense. That makes total sense. Let's let's go into that, Sandy. So, Fit Money Coach, what is it? Tell us all about it. So it's funny. There was a Facebook group. I think I'm pretty sure you were part of that. The P45. Yeah, I, I started that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so it's funny. To, uh, when when did that start? Was it two years ago or just a year ago? Uh, that's a great yeah. question. Uh, I started it and that's why I don't even remember. It was two convert kits ago. So it was a year and a half ago. Because I, I launched okay. it while I was in Boise for ConvertKit. And it wasn't this year, it was the, the previous year. So it was a year and a half ago. Okay. So I made a post in there soon after joining that I was trying to figure out some way to bridge my love of all things fitness and movement and my accounting skills. Because I can't, at this point, I'm so invested in my accounting career. I can't just totally. see myself abandoning that to go become a trainer. And, you know, hand to God, I would be the world's worst trainer <laughs> because I'm just not skilled at programming. Actually, in, in the early 90s, I don't tell anybody, I became an ACE certified aerobics instructor. Yes. Dude, you were a tip of the spear, early adopter. That's what it's about. Dang. So, I never did anything with it because I quickly discovered I couldn't create my own routines. Well, there you go. That'll let you know real fast. I wish that the same thing. Like, I love going to step class, but I'm like, how do people think of this? Like, yeah. I could never, yeah. ever, ever. So Fit Money Couch, you put a, you did a post in Facebook group. What happened? Yeah, yeah. So I was trying to figure that out. And I'm like, I don't know. I want to find a way to connect these two things together, but I have no idea how. And probably about six to eight months after that, my friend Wendy, um, I've got to look her up on Instagram and tell everybody to follow her. She just changed her name on there. So um, she is this amazing, amazing personal trainer. But on top of that, she was a journalist for many years. So she really has a gift of writing and she's doing some um, content writing mm. for people on the internet now. And she just has a very broad, broad skill set. And she told me, she's like, you should really come up with a course that teaches health and fitness professionals how to manage their money, how to keep their books for their business, because we absolutely suck at this. We don't get any training on it. And if you don't seek it out yourself, yeah. it's, it's just not available. Yeah. And so I was like, yeah, 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 that's a great idea. And I did nothing with it. And about three months pass and she's like, you know, you should really get on that course we talked about. And I'm like, yeah, I should. And, and this would go on and on. And finally, Probably after about a year of her prodding me, I finally really heard it and I started to think about it. And then I went to the Women's Movement Collaborative in Toronto where they do Spark Storm, which is a yes. time where you can stand up for like three minutes and pitch something that you want. And it's not necessarily people who are doing businesses. One one lady stood up and talked about her gardening and her yeah. water plants and you know, things like that. It's anything you want to talk about. And so I kind of gauged interest and I was like, would there be interest if I created this course to help you guys? I speak your language. I can break this down for you in sets and reps if you want um, mm -hmm. and help you get that understanding that you need, especially if you are still making, say, between 75,000, 50 to 75,000 a year or less, 
and you don't feel like you can afford to outsource your bookkeeping to someone. So um, I just, I looked up, I looked up, everybody needs to follow happy underscore healthy for life on Instagram. We will add (laughs) to the show notes, happy underscore healthy for life. Happy underscore healthy healthy for for life. It's going in the show notes. So you did, thank you for that, by the way. Yeah, she's she's not too active on Instagram yet. She's more on Facebook, but she has made a promise for 2020 to get more active on okay. Instagram. So. There you go. I like it. Anyway, so I have to credit her because this was all her idea. And then I tested it by throwing it out there at Women's Movement Collaborative. And I spoke to you about it. And I'm like, yeah, apparently this is a great idea, but I have no idea how to do it. And you said the very wise words to me. Don't let not knowing how stop you from doing the thing. That's right. And so I did it. You did do it. I figured it out. And it was a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, but I figured it out. (laughs) But it's done now. But it's done now. So out of that, and I have a few questions, but I still want want to kind of keep on with talking about Fit Money Coach. Out of that came Fit Money Coach and your course. Can you talk about what is Fit Money Coach and what is the course? My mission with Fit Money Coach is to take the fear and uncertainty out of bookkeeping for health and fitness professionals so that they can get their business in as good a shape as they themselves are. I love it. I love it. I, you know, there's so much not doing the thing because it's a chore. Nobody wants to do it. Uh, one of my most popular posts is where I compare bookkeeping to yes. the rear elevated. Yeah. Rear foot elevated foot slot. Yeah. Yeah. The worst. People, yeah. there are two types of people, people that hate those and people that lie and say they love it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it's just like anything in adult life, right? There are going to be things you have to do that you don't like doing. You're going to have something in your training program you don't want to do. You're going to have to wash the dishes and keep up on the laundry when you don't, I don't know, some people get off on that stuff. <laughs> no. If you can't hire it out, you've got to learn yes. how to do it, at least to some degree yes. of being able to have, you know, a usable system. And so that's where I come in and try to take that, take out that uncertainty and help you understand that your bookkeeping is not a chore for you to do in order to be able to get your taxes done. That's like the tiny little tip of the iceberg. What it really is, is a planning tool. So you can take a good look at your business. You can see You'll, you'll, as you go forward, you'll have historical data and you can make decisions from that data. And historical data can be 30 days. You can look back at last month and look at your expenses and, and say, why did I spend this? This looks like way too much. What was I thinking? If I hadn't bought that, I could be doing this or, you know, ah. just having a more proactive approach to your business. Totally. I mean, living in a reactive state. But it's like numbers are scary to us. And I know yeah. for like me also, like so much of what I do and I bring people on here, you guys know this is because these people help me because I was like, I am you. I don't want to do these things and they're scary. And once I finally take the leap and find people that I love and that are doing really, really you know, amazing things, with it, that's why I bring them on here to show you that it's not all that terrible. So you keep saying a word, Sandy, and I think that it uh, bears uh, some explaining. Bookkeeping. What exactly is that bookkeeping is tracking your income and your expenses for your business plain and simple 
How much did you bring in? How much did you spend? And not just how much did you spend, but which categories did you spend it in? So things like education and training, your cell phone, supplies, insurance, all of those kind of things. If you think about, I'm sure anybody who's listening who is in business for themselves have has had to either have someone do their taxes or they've sat down with TurboTax or mm-hmm. something similar. Mm-hmm. And TurboTax will ask you those, the you know, give you the boxes to fill yep. in of different categories of things. And that's all you're really trying to do is categorize those expensive um, expenses. <laughs> For those of you listening in the United States, it's the IRS. They don't care what categories of income you had. They just want your total income. But they do care about your categories of expense, theoretically, so they can come audit something that looks out of whack. Yes. <laughs> We are all, we're all scared of everyone. I'm like, oh, they're going to come after me. <laughs> so as like a first step, right? Because, you know, I hear this from you and, I, and other people, like it's not that scary, it's not that bad. Like for someone that's never started or never, you know, is this really, you know, ignorance is living by that ignorance is bliss kind of mantra. Where do you even start? The place that I always recommend starting and I kind of have a tendency to harp on it is pulling three months bank statements okay. because your bank statements are there quietly watching you while you're going about doing your business and they're there to be a snitch to the government because the first thing if you were to get audited is they're going to request your bank statements because they've got a perfect record of everything you took in and everything you spent. What they don't have are the receipts and I'm, I need to remember to come back to that part. But um, so the first thing is, and I recommend three months of bank statements to get an average of what your income and expenses are. Okay. Honestly, 12 months would be better. But if I tell you 12 months, nobody's going to yeah, sit down. Yeah, nobody's going to do that. <laughs> um, six months is better than three months because we all know that you're super busy the first three months of the year when everybody, all the resolutionaries come out of the woodwork and everybody in the world wants a trainer or they're fi- this is finally going to be the year they keep getting mm-hmm. regular massage, you know, whatever it is, chiropractic, PT, all of it. It's when they all come out and they're like, I'm going to be healthy at least until February. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, so at least three months and then what do you do with these things? You print them out and you look at them and then you're like, okay, what, what, what happens? You want to, if you're not using some sort of bookkeeping system like QuickBooks, Zero, FreshBooks, whatever the, the flavor of the day is, <laughs> um, at least keep an Excel spreadsheet. doesn't even have to be Excel. If, if you're just not a computer person at all, a sheet of paper will work. But you're trying to target those items that are were specifically business income. So you're not including money that you put into the business. You're not including, if you picked April as your month, you're not including your tax refund if you got one. You're specifically looking at your business income. Write it down. And then go through and circle all of your business expenses and categorize them, whether it was your phone bill, utilities, supplies, what have you. And subtract those expenses from your income, and you've got your net income for that month. Do the same thing for the next two months that you selected. Average them together, and that gives you an idea on an average basis what your income and expenses are. Not too bad. From there, you can start to make decisions. Are you happy with your income? Can you, if you're not, do you want to either do group training so you're effectively raising your hourly rate by having more people participate? 
or you take on more clients, or can you simply cut some expenses in order to raise your income? I like it. Now, I want to back up just a little bit. QuickBooks, what do you recommend so that you don't hate it? So as I think any of you guys out there, myself included in this, like when you do your tax, if you do your taxes on your own, which I did, because I have very simple taxes to do, right? I don't own anything. It was just like, okay, I can figure this out. Um, it, one of the options it gives you is like, get QuickBooks for a year for $1 or something. I don't know. Right? And so you get that and then you don't use it because it's the biggest headache of your life. Uh, and then I met Sandy and I realized, oh, it's actually that I was using the wrong version and it's not that bad. So what are your uh, recommendations with hating QuickBooks less? or for creating QuickBooks less? <laughs> well, first of all, if you hate QuickBooks, I get this question a lot as far as different versions of different things. If you hate QuickBooks, you're going to hate every other online bookkeeping option out there because they're basically all the same. And if you can learn one of them, you can learn all that of them. That is valuable. That's so valuable information. I choose QuickBooks because they have been around the longest. I trust them. For data security, I'm not saying the other ones are bad. It's just, it's what I have the most experience with and they've been there for me. I've never been let down by them. So they have that no like and trust factor mm -hmm. with me. Totally. So um, I do recommend that you use the online version instead of the desktop version. I did not use, it, this is a new recommendation within the last two years because when QuickBooks Online first came out, it was horrible compared to the desktop version. Mm. There were a lot of reports and things that weren't available. It was a lot clunkier. It's They've really done, they keep coming out with upgrades. The beauty of anything being housed online is that it's constantly yeah. updated. And those updates are pushed to you without you having to do a damn thing to get the latest version. So um, QuickBooks Online, in my opinion, is the way to go. Um, I think one of the... I wish I was prepared for this question. I think, <laughs> I think one of the um, base models is called Essentials. I, the only one I don't recommend is the self-employed edition. Yeah, that's what you get when you do taxes yourself. Yeah. And it's the worst. <laughs> it's, like, it, it's the worst. All it is really is a receipt scanner, which, yeah. I mean, there's some value to that, but you're not going to be able to do any planning and any kind of projections out of that you're not going to get the data that you need that uh, was it was i was not happy with it one of the biggest things that i need in any kind of software or anything is that it links appropriately whether it's like my you know imac seek uh what is it called uh, syncing with my phone whatever and one of the issues that i had with the original uh quickbooks was that it didn't sync so it was like it wouldn't like pick up your transactions and things and you're just like this is the whole point is that I know at least it's going in there and yeah, I have to try, I have to double check it, which we can actually talk about. Um, but it was a big hassle. So like she said, that self-employed one is if you're struggling out there, that could be the reason. That could be the reason. Reason why. You talked about receipts, Sandy. You said you want to come back to that. What was that about? So your bank statements and your credit cards just in and of themselves as as documents, as formal documents, those will not suffice if you ever are audited. They are going to pull them because they want to be able to prove your income. But you've got to have your actual receipts for the item you purchased. So you can't just say Amazon 5355 was a business purchase. You need to PDF that receipt. And they, believe it or not, you get one every time you make a purchase. 
um, PDF it, save it to a central place on your computer. I'm, you know, I'm actually, I don't want to like plug too much, but I'm actually going to come out with an organ free organization uh, mini course to talk about how to organize this stuff on your computer so awesome. that it's all in one place. You can find it, what you should be saving and whatnot. But um, basically awesome. for any of your purchases, save those receipts as PDFs. If you don't, I, I can't recommend to anyone these days to print them off and put them in a paper file. It sounds That's pretty bad. Just, yeah. Yeah. Don't do that. Let's, let's don't do that. <laughs> don't. But set up folders on your computer for your business receipts plop your PDFs in there. Make sure that it's a folder that you're backing up because if you if your hard drive crashes or you're not doing regular backups, you're going to lose stuff. And it could be the IRS has three years to come back and audit you. So you don't um, want to be trying to remember what you purchased three years ago for $25. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you guys listening, I know it's starting to get a little bit scary. But just take a breath. For those listening, Sandy, who are starting to be like, this is why I don't do this in the first place because it's just too much. <laughs> this is, you know, if you want to, to save everything on my computer, I don't have time for that. What, what is like, and, and you know, we, we all hate this question. You think about it in terms of movement. You're like, don't ask me what the bare minimum is. But what, what is like the bare minimum? What is the, the foundational stuff? Because right, this is our first episode of 2020. We're trying to get people fit, financially fit. What is the foundation that you really believe people should be laying? You have really got to make the time to sit down and get this done. It's just part of being a responsible business owner. You can't put this off and wait until tax time to hurriedly try to go through everything and get what you need just to do your taxes. You, you deserve better than that. You deserve to have some records that you can do actual planning from and design. What gets measured gets done, yeah. right? It always comes back to that. It's the exact same with your finances. So once a month, you need to be going through your bank statement and keeping some sort of record of what income came in and what expenses went out. Whether you do that in Excel, you do it on a piece of paper. You can probably still get those ledger books from office supply stores. <laughs> That sounds horrible yes, to me. Yes, that sounds terrible. It's Ooh. probably still out there. I mean, if if you are like, yeah, it's it's hard because so many people, almost everyone is computer savvy, mm -hmm. but when they get into an accounting program, they let that fear take over because the all of the anxiety, you know, it's of an unknown technology is coupled with all of the fear around money, yes. and you get those two things together, and it just becomes this tornado. So, 100%. Yeah. Ah, it's, so I'm I'm trying to take out some of that anxiety. I like it. And I like you know, it. it's going to be okay. Ah, no, I like it. This is the stuff that people need to hear. Like real talk you guys when you're first starting and you're just you're figuring things out, do your best to keep things separate. One of the things that I started out with that's helped me now that I have Sandy was that I had like 57,000 accounts because I would just keep things separate that way. And I was like, all right, this is income from this. This is from this job. This is going to be for taxes. This is going to be my personal account. And it allowed me to keep things separate. So it was my way instead of like writing everything down all the time, just to just to have some some sense of order, organization, right? So some place to start because at some point, you guys are going to have to do this, whether it's, you know, right in the beginning because you're on top of your shit or it's a little bit further out because finally you're like, all right, I'm going to level up and 
you, like Sandy said, what, what gets measured gets accomplished. It's really hard to know where you're going if you don't know where you're starting as it relates to things like this, right? You can just try and just like mm-hmm. figure it out as you go, but it's much easier if you're like, here, here, this is where I'm starting and that's the area that I'm trying to go. Okay, here's the space in between and here's a plan for me to get there, right? We know this different different devils for different levels. And so as you guys start to go to the next level with things, and I, I have a very varied uh, you know, audience, I know some of you are there oh. and it's like you've been doing fine, you've been figuring, you know, making it work. But once you do go to get to that next level, you need to have some sort of strategy, some sort of organization, which is 100% why I brought Sandy on. So hopefully you guys can get there sooner and easier with a little less resistance than I did. Uh, Sandy, can you talk about this thing that I hate, which is reconciling your books, which I didn't even know was a thing. I thought it just kind of happened. Can you talk about that? <laughs> reconciling your bank statement yeah yeah it's the only way to know that you have captured everything is if your bookkeeping system that you're using regardless of whether it's paper or quickbooks or whatever if your cash balance matches back to your bank statement then you know you've accounted for everything everything came in everything went out there's my beginning balance here's my ending balance does it agree between the bank statement and your books. And sometimes there's a difference. Sometimes they're going to be reconciling items. Not so much anymore, especially with my target market, because everybody pretty much pays for things online. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there, this concept of there being outstanding checks where you oh, write a God. check and it can take several weeks. Um, you know, if you're writing checks to the IRS or to your state government, those are perfect example. They're going to take a few days mm-hmm. to clear. Yeah. Um, and that may hit at the end of a month. So you may have an outstanding check, that kind of thing. Um, but really, with the advancements in online banking, there's hardly ever a case where you have deposits in transit and outstanding checks anymore. So for the most part, your books are going to match up with you having to do hardly any work at all. If you are on QuickBooks and you have your bank feed automatically imported into QuickBooks, then it's just a matter of going in and entering in your ending bank balance per the statement, and then clicking your transactions until you get to zero. You zero it. being the difference. You guys heard it. I know it is a little bit overwhelming, but there are also people you can hire to help you with this. If someone Absolutely. was going to hire someone, what would you say to them, Sandy? What, what should this person be looking for? What is that person actually going to do for you? Help us out. You First of all, you want to make sure that you're dealing with someone that you feel comfortable talking to. You don't want to go, I shouldn't say it that way. <laughs> Let's rephrase that. <laughs> um, if you can sit down across from the person, have a conversation, feel like they absolutely hear you, they get you, and they can help ease your anxiety level from the, the time you walked through the door to the time you're leaving, that's a good sign. If you walk in and you are feeling still overwhelmed, you feel like you weren't heard, that your questions didn't get answered, don't work with that person. That's that's plain and simple, number one. It's no different than hiring a trainer or someone coming to you. You, You're trying to find someone that you relate to in in one way or another, somebody you want to go have a beer with. Yes. Because this person is going to be all up in your financial business. Yes. And you don't, people have different personality types. Some people want someone 
to be the heavy and to come down hard on them and get after them to meet deadlines and whatnot. And some people are like, listen, I just need some guidance and I can take and run this thing and do this thing on my own. Mm-hmm. So kind of finding someone, yeah. I'm, I'm not your person. If you want somebody that's constantly going to be hounding you because I figure you've got things to do. I've got things to do. I'm not going to be babysitting you and making sure that you get me what I need. I'm going to send you, Hey, it's the 12th of the month. Could I have this? Yeah. And then I'm going to sit back and wait for it to come in. And if it doesn't, then I'll send a follow up like in a week or so and be like, okay, you know, you're the one I'm waiting on. Yes. That kind of thing. But there, there are people who need to, to need a heavier hand than that. Right. So it's, you've got to find someone that you can converse with I number like one and feel comfortable with. The second thing is always to try to get a feel for how much experience they have and um, how long they've been in business. There are a lot of damn good bookkeepers out there who are not CPAs. Mm-hmm. Um, they have been doing it forever and they know exactly what they're doing and they are absolutely fantastic. So you do not necessarily need to have a CPA. Um, with the CPA, you get that added credential that you know that this person has been through additional training and, and whatnot, um, can likely do your taxes as well, where a bookkeeper may not. Um, some do, some don't. It, it's, that kind of depends. Um, and just like anything else, just because someone has letters behind their name, it doesn't matter if it's a trainer, a doctor, or a CPA, there's some pretty lousy ones out there too. <laughs> There's some pretty lousy bookkeepers who have been doing it a long time. So, you know, yes. Yes. that's that's why I, I really put a lot of emphasis on finding someone you feel like you can talk to and that you can trust. I love it. This is a, that's a perfect, perfect answer. And I love that. I mean, you guys, this is why I think we that Sandy resonated so much with me in our encounters. I was like, she speaks the language and she understands just being a human. This is what I'm looking for in anyone, especially when it's a task that's really foreign and so scary to you, whether it's legal stuff or in this case, financial stuff, which are both just so scary for all of us, except for people seemingly doing it. Like you want someone that you could sit down with and because you're going to have to sit down with them and talk and they listen and you are heard and you just, you know, you don't feel like belittled or scolded the whole entire time. Because this right. is also, for most of you, I'm guessing, your baby, right? This is your business, something that you like, you're, you're bleeding and sweating and for this thing. And so you, you're going to be invested in it and you want someone that, and I love that Sandy said that in the beginning, that that's actually what really keeps her going with things and helped her with, helps, you know, keep her passionate about it. It's the people behind numbers and the stories that they bring along with it so that's amazing sandy is there ever a time because i feel like some people will just be like sandy i'm just too far gone like i just haven't done my stuff at forever it's like same it's no different than the, the person that's never exercised you know, whatever hasn't exercised since high school and they're like i'm just too far gone there's no hope for me does that is that a real thing one and two what would you say to that person it is never too far gone it is never too much of a mess. Everything is fixable. Absolutely everything is fixable. If you are doing it yourself, it's going to take some time. If you hire it out, it's going to take a little less time if you hire someone who knows what they're doing, but it's still going to be a matter of time. Yeah. So cleanup can be a bit of a bitch, mm-hmm. but it can be done. And nothing nothing is irreversible. If you 
get your stuff into QuickBooks and you make a mistake, everything is fixable. Do not let, oh God, what was in uh, James Clear's newsletter today? There was a great quote in there. Uh, I did. I read it this morning too. And I'm like, let me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wrote it down. Hold on. (laughs) I'm like, I can put it right now. Let's see. Here we go. You don't need the right answer to start. You can start by asking a question. How can I do this better? And answers will call forth naturally. I like that. Don't wait for perfection before you start. You've just, you've just got to start. I love that. If... Folks, because actually you are a tremendous resource. If folks want to reach out to you, they want to follow you, they want to pick your brain, they want to buy your course, any of this stuff, they want to hire you. What's your information? How can they do that? My Instagram is very active. I am at Fit Money Coach, F-I-T-M-O-N-E-Y-C-O-A-C-H. Beautiful. And um, you can email me at Sandy, S-A-N-D-I, at fitmoneycoach.com and the link to my course is in my bio i on instagram love it this is so good the course actually has the last section of it the first section kind of walks through what we talked about earlier pulling your three bank statements and scheduling them out walks through a step-by-step example um, of laying them out pulling all your expenses together, averaging them, and then the decisions you can make from that data. It goes through a little bit of how to reverse engineer your income if growth is what you want to do. Then it goes into how to read financial statements. And then the last module of it actually walks through how to set up QuickBooks online, how to connect your bank account, how to run some reports in there, how to fix things if you've messed them up. All the things. It's a valuable resource. All the things. All the, it is. Absolutely. Like, this is a scary topic. And I love that you've given people options. So one of the things that you hit the nail on the head is that some people can't afford to hire somebody. And right. or if they can hire somebody, they're like paying them $1, which means that they're getting $1 worth of quality. And it's like not this but not the best choice. You guys actually, I dropped an episode, a shorty. I don't know. Maybe it was last week. I don't know. A few weeks ago. Uh, entitled Fast, Good, and Cheap. Three sides of the triangle. You can never have all three. You get to pick two. So keep that in mind when it comes to to hiring people. But you're providing a huge service here, Sandy, for those people that cannot afford to go and hire someone and pay someone of a certain level. Here's how you can start doing this yourself. And here's, you know, she makes it digestible. You've heard her talk. This is why I bring people on so that you can fall in love with them and be like, all right, this is a real human dealing with these things. And she puts it in a, in a, in a digestible way. Cindy, what would you say, just because you've been doing this forever um, and you've been talking to people in, a, in this industry, what would you say is the biggest problem that most people have or the biggest barrier, the biggest issue that people are dealing with? As far as not keeping their books up or just business in general? From the financial side, anything around the financial side, what are we all struggling with that you have seen as most common? If there's one of the most common things is taking on an abundance of debt because Mm. you get excited and you think you need all the things and all state of the art and all the top notch, this, that, and the other to do your business when. You end up getting the thing and you love it and it sits in the corner and maybe gets used once or twice a month. Mm. 
um, I, I've been there. I've done that. Um, you know, back in the day when I was running around from client to client and the internet wasn't a thing and everything was still on paper, I had to get the big color printer and I had to get different software. You know, no, I'm not, wasn't working for a company that provided all of the software. So I had to go out mm-hmm. and get resource libraries and all of this stuff. And I found myself in the same situation and I kind of alluded to my ex mm-hmm. at some at one point earlier. Um, I ended up getting a divorce, having debt, and having to spend a good chunk of time working my way out of that. Mm-hmm. So I try to encourage people as much as humanly possible to build your your business on a cash basis. If you're charging stuff that you can pay off in 30 to 60 days, that's fine. I'm not going to harp on you at all. But just don't go out and think you've got to get everything absolutely perfect and you, know, you get into a bigger space than you can afford. And now all of a sudden you're using your credit card for living expenses because you're paying for all of this space yeah. that you had not yet built the clientele for. Yes. That kind of thing. Yes. It's, that's the that's probably the biggest thing oh, wow. is the debt. Sandy, I wasn't even expecting you to say that. That is huge. You guys listening, damn, rewind and go listen to that again. I was... 100% not expecting that. Uh, and she hit us with some realness from her own life, which is why I love this woman times a million. Like, yes, this is what you want. Yes, thank you for, for all of that. I was not at all <laughs> expecting that. I'm like, bullshit, yeah. I mean, that's one of the reasons that I really encourage the digital model for people because your overhead is like two monies. Like you don't really, you're not yeah. like renting space or like doing things. Uh, and that is so, so valuable because I think that we can all fall victim to that of like the shiny yeah. object syndrome or like I because I think also some of it a lot of it comes from a good place like you want to over deliver for your people and you want to like make sure they mm-hmm. have the best things and then you're like I can't eat so that right. is and and for anybody who is listening to this who is in that situation you can get out of it I I got out of it I even I even got out of that bad bad marriage and I'm in a fantastic one <laughs> she is go look at her Instagram they do all this fun stuff and those motorcycles and stuff all the time. She's she did it. <laughs> she did yeah. it. So there there's always there always is a light at the end of the tr- tunnel and it's not always the oncoming train. Uh, so if you are stuck down in the mire, you can pull yourself out. You've just got to believe in yourself. You've got to keep working. You've got to come up with a plan and then you've got to work the plan and you've got to quit charging shit. You got to cut that shit off and start paying cash and pay off your balances. Dude, this is so. There, that's me being heavy handed. Uh, so good. First of all, that quote that you said, there's a light at the end of the tunnel and it's not always the oncoming train. I've never heard that. <laughs> That's really? amazing. Oh my God. I use that one a lot. I'll be sitting at my desk. I'm like, oh yeah, I can see the light at the end of the tunnel, but I think it's the train. <laughs> that is amazing. Oh my God, it's so good. <laughs> Damn, Sandy, this is so good. I'm looking at the time here. So I want to wrap us up. But like we've like I've said a few times, this is the very first episode, very first long episode of the new year. Um, and as such, I want to leave people with some actionable steps. I want to leave people better than when they came in and not just scared like, well, shit, guess this is another year. I'm not doing that. Uh, so <laughs> if you could, I'm going to combine this. My usual question is like any any parting words. But if you could leave the people, so I'll make it, two, I'll make it a double part question. If you leave the people with a single suggestion for an actionable step, what would that be? And then if you have any parting words, things you haven't gotten to talk about because I didn't let you talk about them. 
<laughs> what would those be? My first suggestion is automate, automate, mm. automate. Mm. You, If you get into something like QuickBooks Online, you're going to be able to connect your bank account. It's going to download the transactions for you. You're just going to have to tell them where to go. And it's you're not going to have to sit down and write things down on paper or plug them into our spreadsheet. You know, let's let's get with the times and let's automate. <laughs> but think about where else you can automate. Um, I spoke with someone not too long ago who had clients who were paying a fixed amount on a regular monthly basis, and she was still sending invoices and waiting for them to pay the invoices. Oh. And I'm like, check PayPal. I'm sure yeah. other ones do it too, but PayPal, you can set them up. You can get their consent, set them up uh -huh. on auto pay and have that come right to your bank account on the same damn day every month. So you're not sitting around waiting, wondering when Mary Lou is going to send you the $200 she owes you. Damn it, Mary Lou. It's always Mary Lou. <laughs> so that's the first one. Automate everything you can possibly automate. I like it. The second one if you are behind on your 2019 books, do not let that be the reason why you don't start doing it right in 2020. You've got a brand new, fresh slate. January is right around the corner. Start with 2020. You, you can still do the thing that you normally do right before taxes are due where you scramble and you fuss. Stay up till midnight trying to get all your stuff together to get 2019 caught up if you haven't already. But start fresh with 2020, get on a program, get it right, and have the best year of your business so far. So damn good. Sandy, one more time. What is that info? If they want to hit you up, they want to find you, they want to stalk you, what is that? I am on Instagram at fitmoneycoach. And my email address is sandy at fitmoneycoach.com. Sandy is spelled with an I. Boom. Sandy. Thank you. This was, is, you are awesome. Like, this is so, so good. Truly appreciate you taking time to do this and uh, hopefully making this a little bit clearer for the listeners. I know, guys, it's, it's a little overwhelming with things, but trust me, listen to what she said. Go back, listen to the episode again. Pick one thing and get started, especially you guys that are in the early phases of things because it's easier then, right? So get started. If you need help, you're looking for more resources, reach out to Sandy. This is what she does. Coaches need coaches. So if you're looking for the financial coach, this is the one you want, Fit Money Coach. Thank you again, Sandy. Truly, this was awesome. Thank you so much. And one final parting thing. Say it. On, in on Instagram on Fridays, I do free coaching Fridays. You can ask any question you have and I will answer you. Sometimes I will make your question an anonymous post and do it as a separate post on another day in addition to answering your question. Um, but yeah, you can always get an answer. So yes, reach out to me. She does. She puts in her stories in the little question box. I've asked things in there. It's free 99, guys. Free 99. All right. Anything else, Sandy? That's it. I'm going to shut up now. No, this, this is great. And I, I want you to plug yourself. I meant to say before, like, you're like, I don't want to plug too much. You're never plugging enough, right? Keep plugging, keep plugging, keep plugging. We talked about business before. You and I talk about it all the time. And you got to hype it up and put it out there because people, they just, they just don't know. This whole episode is about financial stuff and people will still not know that that's what we're talking about. So it's okay. Keep talking. All right? Awesome. Thank you. 
on any time, Miss Sandy. You guys listening, thank you. I know you could have been doing anything and you chose to listen to us, right? You're spending your new year listening to us. And for that, we are both endlessly, endlessly appreciative. It is a new year, so I'm going to ask for a few things just because why not? If you liked it, please subscribe. If you loved it, I'm going to ask you for two things. Subscribe and share it with someone who you think you know could benefit from this. Let's make this the best year financially for everyone. All right, that's all I got. Officially wrapping it up. Until next time, friends, Sandy and Maestro, 